you want to be able to compete. And I think any 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 really good quarterback that want that wants to be great, you want to be able to compete with the best of the best. And so, you know, I can mm-hmm. remember being a freshman and wanting to compete with the seniors. Like, hey man, you know, uh, I don't care if Florida State y'all here to watch him. Guess what? You gonna you gonna see me too. So, you know that that was always the mindset. You know, as a quarterback, you always want to compete. But um, you know, I, I would say, especially in this day and age. Um, you know, in this day and age of specializing, and, and that's what you see a lot as, as, as uh, kids are playing the position of quarterback, it's it become something where they train year-round. So, and I, and I, say, I only say specialized to say because kids aren't taking advantage of playing other sports. And I understand that because, you know, yeah. parents want them to, to get good at one thing and hopefully get a scholarship at that thing. Uh, but if, if, you, if that's something, if, you, if, you going, if you're going to specialize in a sport, if you're going to specialize in a position, you know, go all out, you know, work at it, work at it on a, on a, on a daily basis, just like you would, you know, work on your dribble and work on your, your free throws and jump shot. You got to work at quarterback every day. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skills strategies and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with Sean Moore, former NFL quarterback, ACC Player of the Year, and Heisman finalist, to talk about what it takes to develop an unstoppable mindset. Sean shares why it's important to allow yourself to be creative with your play and be an artist when you are on the field leading your team. Ready List Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyLists are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In and Out of the Pocket podcast with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. We're super excited to bring the show to all of you to talk about the mental game with with quarterbacks and offensive coordinators and coaches. So we are super excited to bring this platform to everyone. Yeah, Grant, it's exciting. We have some, we've had some good guests. We've got another great one lined up today. Um, you know, it's, it's not football season, which is crazy. But, you know, as a, as a quarterback, you, you never have off days because, you know, mentally you can always get better and make yourself stronger mentally to be able to uh, take on what quarterbacks have to go through. And, uh, you know, today we got a, we got a pretty electrifying – quarterback from uh, back in the day. So I'm excited to take his brain a little bit and see what he's got to, to share with our listeners. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm super excited to actually introduce our, our guest today, who is Sean Moore, who is a, a former NFL 
uh, Canadian quarterback, also was a, just an outstanding football player uh, in college. And not only was he the ACC Player of the Year for U- University of Virginia, but he was also a Heisman finalist. So we're super excited to have you, Sean. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here today. All right. All right. Well, I'll just set the tone for the show uh, about mindset. And this is which I'd love to talk about. But when you look back at your career as a quarterback, uh, all the way, even when before college and throughout your whole career period, how would you describe your mindset? And did it change as you evolved as a quarterback? So, you know, it's funny, you know, Jake made a comment at the, at the onset of the show. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, you, you it's, 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 uh, you're really on a day-to-day routine thinking about ways to get better and uh, ways to, to be innovative, particularly as it relates to offense. Uh, for me, you know, it was, it was really all season long watching tape, you know, watching coverages, trying to find, figure out tendencies, ways to exploit defenses. That, that way, you know, I could become better as a player. Uh, that was, I would say that was even enhanced as a coach. Because, you know, one of the things that I thought was basically routine as a coach, we'd watch the same tape over and over and over again. But, you know, it's, it's funny. You can watch the same tape 10 times, and, and every time you could pull 10 different things out of it. So uh, it, it never gets uh, monotonous, but it's something that it's, it's definitely uh, re- required if you want to be if you want to be excellent at the position. It's kind of like watching a movie over and over, like Shawshank Redemption. I watched that. Again and again, I see something different every time. Like, oh, look. Wow. That's my favorite movie, Jay. I love that movie, man. Yeah, I love that movie. One of my favorites. This is is weird, dude. Like, listen, because you played prior to me. You know, we played early 90s. I got to ASU in 93. So, I was a Heisman finalist. So were you. You were ACC Player of the Year. I was Pac-10 Player of the Year. You played for the Cardinals. I played for the Cardinals. You played for Denver. I played for Denver. Uh, you are, you're involved in a startup right now. I'm in a start, have a startup. I mean, it's crazy. All the all parallels, which is, uh, uh no, now that I'm crazy, looking right? and digging into this is now Shawshank, throw that in there. Um, oh, my and, and even a tie out, right? with, a, with a kid, <laughs> yeah, a tie with a kid. We're going to talk about when I have a question here a little bit, that's that, that was at, uh, your alma mater, Bryce Perkins, we'll get to him in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, my first question, you know, hearing your mindset and just how you, you've approached that is, um, you know, when you were playing, I want to take it back even prior to that, like as a kid growing up in Martinsville, Virginia, you know, what was little Sean into? What did you like to do, uh, you know, to stay active and just when you were a kid, what was your favorite thing to get into? You know, I grew up in a town that was predominantly dominated by basketball, man. It was, I mean, we, um, before I even got into high school, I used to go to basketball games and just wish and dream because I knew I was going to be a, professional basketball player you know i grew up in a town where if you didn't play basketball you weren't you weren't cool you 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 better learn how to shoot you better learn how to dribble and if you played on a team you were a rock star so um you know we lost two basketball games in my entire high school career uh and two of those the two games we lost to we lost to the number one team in the country and the number eight team in the country so you know i played with four of the guys started with four guys who went on to play at the collegiate level in basketball um, my best friend was a starting center who also played football and coincidentally uh, ended up at the University of Virginia with me. And I convinced him to lead the Virginia basketball team. And he became the starting tight end on the football team. So, uh, you know, basketball was basketball was always my dream. Uh, but, 
you know, uh, when you're the biggest kid on the football team and you got the strongest arm on the football team, all your peers are like, guess who's going to be the quarterback? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. really, that's how I got, that's how I got uh, in the position of playing uh, quarterback in high school. And and quite honestly, I, I've had some good mentors. You know, one of the, I, I can remember being a, a freshman in high school and my coach telling me, Hey man, you really need to take uh, an opportunity. To look at this Gus Purcell quarterback school. It was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'll never forget going to that camp as a freshman. And I would, on, I would, I would, I would then follow it up by going my sophomore and junior years, and it was some of the top kids in the country w- was at this camp, participating in this camp. And, and there's a long list of names, who's who, and college coaches. I can remember Bobby Bowden coming through, seeing me as a freshman, saying, you know, hey, I'm going to make a seminar out of you. And it, it, it for me, it was just, it was, it was mind-boggling, but it was also eye-opening because of the work that they put in. You know, we would spend two weeks at this camp in Charlotte. And it was it was work. It was work, but it's where I learned five step drop, three step drop. And that was back then before people were running shotgun. But but back then you had to be able to yeah. to do a three and a five step drop. And even back then, you you didn't have to do a seven step. Jake, you probably remember doing a seven step drop. So <laughs> man, uh, I love yeah, a man. seven step drop. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that that's what was was cool for me was being able to part- participate in things like that, which really helped me become a good high school quarterback and also enabled me to, to get a scholarship to go on to play quarterback in college. You know, uh, it, it explains a lot that you played basketball, you know, watching you play, watching highlights and remembering watching you play, like you had mad skills, you know, ahead of your time with what's now in, infiltrating the game with athletes at quarterback that can throw, but then can do like marvelous things after that play breaks down and you were, Amazing at that, but it, it explains it because you played a lot of hoops. Then um, also, you know, like just speaking on the Gus Purcell QB camp that you went to, I went to a camp in Stanford, and like that experience being around those big name guys, all these big five star, four star, super prep, blue chip, all Americans, it gave me so much confidence that I was able to still sling it just like them. And I, it wasn't like I didn't have the right tools growing up in Boise that could that could transfer. So. Those kind of events are huge for your confidence. And I can see, you know, you know, as you progress through your career, was there any advice you got from, from coaches and everything that would help you? You know, because we all go through moments where we, we struggle and we have a bad day at practice, two or three, and then a bad game. And what was there any advice that helped you bounce through those kind of times and mentally get through that? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll second what you said. You know, one of the things about, um, being at a camp with so many big time, big time guys is you want to be able to compete. And I think any, any, any really good quarterback that, that want that wants to be great, you want to be able to compete with the best of the best. And so you know, I can mm-hmm. remember being a freshman and wanting to compete with the seniors like, Hey man, you know, uh, I don't care if Florida state y'all here to watch him. Guess what? You're going, you're going to see me too. So, you know, that, that was always the mindset, you know, as a quarterback, you always want to compete, but, um, you know, I, I would say, especially in this day and age, um, you know, in, in this day and age of specializing, and, and that's what you see a lot as 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 uh, kids are playing the position of quarterback, it's it become something where they train year round. So, and I, and I say, I only say specialized to say because kids aren't taking advantage of playing other sports. And I understand that because, you know, yeah. parents want them to, to get good at one thing and hopefully get a scholarship at that thing. Uh, but if if, you, if that's something, if you if you going if you're going to specialize in a sport, if you're going to specialize in a position, 
you know, go all out, you know, work at it, work at it on a, on a, on a daily basis, just like you would, you know, work on your dribble and work on your, your free throws and jump shot. You got to work at quarterback every day, man, because you can't get enough of going out and just even by yourself, three-step drop, five-step drop, throwing on the run, uh, footwork. Footwork is important. And that's one of the things I learned about uh, playing the position and even coaching the position as I got older is, hey, man, you, you got to put the work in. And, and you also got to work on your footwork because footwork is crucial, especially, you know, if, if you're a guy that is not as mobile, uh, you can continue to work on footwork and, and continue to make plays. You know, you know, Sean, I, I, I call all that work, I call that doing all the work uh, in the dark, you know, doing the extra work when no one's seeing. Uh, and I don't know if Jake told us, uh, shared this with you, I, I played about 12, 13 years of, of quarterback as well. So, you know, all this stuff is, is right. resonating with me as well. You know, and, and it kind of alludes or brings me into to pressure. Uh, and I want to take you back into, uh, back to Virginia your last year there, and again, we talked about you being named ACC Player of the Year, but you broke almost every single quarterback record that year. You led your team to the Sugar Bowl. You dealt with some adversity with your hand. You were a Heisman finalist. Your team was ranked number one for a few weeks in both polls. So when you think about what a quarterback has to deal with as far as pressure, like how did you deal with pressure that year with all of this good stuff happening to you, and, and how did you embrace it? Um. You know, it it was it was part of my DNA. Um, you know, I think being around being around great players, and I've been fortunate. Like I said, you know, my my hometown is was small, but you know, when you when you're around great players and great teammates, it becomes part of your DNA. And so, you know, when I when I when I hit the adversity uh, my fifth year there at Virginia, um, you know, it, it didn't bother me because I knew eventually that I would continue to put the work in to, to try to return. And, I, and it, it's funny you mentioned that Sugar Bowl game. I, I probably shouldn't have played that game, but I wanted to be there for my teammates. You know, you see a lot of guys now set out of these bowl games because they're getting ready for the NFL combine and NFL draft. You know, my, I can remember having thumb surgery in November and preparing for the Sugar Bowl a month later. The stitches were opening up on my thumb, and I was I still tried to go in and play in, in the Sugar Bowl. And, and – you know, obviously didn't finish the game just because I couldn't, I couldn't grip the ball. So it was, it was tough, but you know, I think that being around great players uh, and, and that great mentors and having that mindset, it just, it puts you in the mindset of, Hey, look, I want to be there for those guys. And, and that's, that was my mindset going into that, that fifth year and, and dealing with some of those struggles and adversity. Well, you know, and I, and I talk about, I talk about roles. Like I coach a lot about owning your role and and I read this about that years after your injury. I think it, the team didn't do that well with you on the sideline for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So as mm-hmm. roles change throughout the year, like how was your role? How how involved were you still? Even though you couldn't be on the field, but how involved were you with the team with the the quarterback that was backing up and had to be the next man up? How involved were you in in that role? Well, Jake Jake knows this you know better than anybody. What when you're in that quarterback room, it's, it's not, you're not preparing one guy, every guy is preparing uh, to participate. So, you know, I was fortunate to have a, a fantastic uh, backup quarterback who also was, he went on and was drafted the following year in the second round by the Kansas city chiefs. And uh, you know, Matt was one of my good friends. Matt Blunden was his name. He was one of my good friends. We've roomed together on the road. Uh, and like I said, when you're in that quarterback room, you know, there were four of us in there, but, we were all we all had one common goal, and so 
you know, we, we wanted to help one another become better. And, uh, you know, once I went down, we all kind of got behind Matt and made sure that, you know, he was prepared and ready to, to go and uh, be the leader of the offense. That's, uh, that's good stuff, man. You know, speaking about teammates, I mean, when you think back on your career, I mean, I'm sure that's all you really – when you think back, is it's your teammates that still resonate and you still care about. I think pressure, you know, is something we all deal with, even though your teammates do. But as a quarterback, you know, all eyes are on you. And I like the way you said that and the way you spoke on just, you know, supporting each other in the QB room. And I know from just hearing how you're talking and the, the people you grew up with, that like that went throughout the whole team. And I try to share that with young quarterbacks. Like you got to care about yourself and do your job, but you also have to like be in touch with your teammates so that when you have a tough day or a bad moment, your teammates are, are the ones who help you deal with pressure. They're the ones that step up. They raise their level when they see you struggling because they care about you because you're authentic, you're genuine, you're the real deal. Um, and, and definitely having teammates and backups as, as good friends is really helpful. But I want to speak about one of your teammates that was just an unstoppable man, Herman Moore, <laughs> unbelievable receiver. Uh, <laughs> I know that you, you and him had a, had a connection, right? You had a connection that was special. And as a quarterback, you probably had a few other connections through your career. I had a few of those too, where you just like, when, when shit hit the fan, you would go and all of a sudden it was like, you knew he was there. You didn't even have to think it was just that was happened. Can you try to put into words how those connections come to be? Because I've always struggled with it, but can you put into words, like, can you make those connections or are those just some special like stars aligning on the practice field and then on the field where you just guys just make, make it happen? I think it's, I think it's, it's, um, it's a combination of everything, you know, um, you know, the, the one unique thing about, you know, Herman and I were both from Southwest Virginia. Our hometowns were 15 minutes apart, but we didn't, I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time together off the field, but we had a unique relationship and it, and so it would carry over from off the field to on the field, even though we didn't spend a lot of time together. You know, Herman was a guy who grew up with nothing yeah. as well as myself. And I can remember, look, hey, hey man, we can really go on a trip. Do you have a tie? No, I don't have a tie. All right, come on, come on, let me get you right. So we had a unique bond, and and I think it just it just it carried over from on the field to uh, in the classroom to on the field to off the field. So we still have a unique relationship to this day. It's funny. Um, I went to his. He was uh, his. He was he was inducted into the Detroit Lion uh, Honor Wall of uh, not what's it called the Hall of Fame, and so uh, yeah. you know he he invited two people his college roommate and he invited his college quarterback. And I, it was, it was really an honor to be a part of that. Uh, and that was just two years ago. And, uh, so it, it, I feel like, I felt like we still had that bond, you know, just being there with him and listening to him talk about his career. Man, that's awesome. And and I want to bring another story, uh, with Herman Moore and, and you can chime on this as uh, chime in as well, Jake, but it's about leadership and decision-making as a quarterback. And I was watching some, some YouTube videos on you and you were talking back in the day, you were talking about, you know, didn't matter what the play was, if there was a single coverage or, or man coverage, it, you were going to Herman for the most part. And when I was playing quarterback, I was just one of those quarterbacks that if the play was called, if, I, if, if there was no audible, I was sticking with it no matter what it was. I was, I was honoring that process. So <clears throat> as a quarterback – you know, we want to have the trust of the coach and everybody around us. So if if we start going rogue, right, coaches can get upset and the team can get upset. Mm-hmm. 
right? But but when you have somebody like Herman, you're like, screw it, because I, I trust him and I'll, I'll let it rip with him. But how much did you throughout your career, how much did you do that where you just kind of went off the reservation and, and just trusted your ability and what you saw? Um, was that just with Herman or, or did you do that throughout your career? Yeah, you know, it, it was, it, so here's the thing. I think that that, that happens when, you know, as I was fortunate enough to play, uh, to be the starting quarterback my sophomore season. So I was fortunate enough to be a, a three-year start at the collegiate level. When I came in as a sophomore, it was still a learning game for me. I, you know, I, I had some struggles, even though we won seven games. Uh, and then my junior year, we won 10 games. It was still, it was still a process for me. So when I was a senior is really when Herman kind of had his, his coming out party. And I felt like, you know, I was the coach on the field. I, I, I can, I can remember in the spring football game, you know, I got into a, a not a spat, we was kind of, we, we was teasing my off of the coordinator. And I said, coach, look, I think like you, why don't you just let me call the plays? And he said, okay, more, you think you can call the plays? You call them. And I think I went 10 for 10 in the spring game. And he was like, okay, so you think you're smart ass. You think you know it all. <laughs> And and so it was, to, so he knew he had enough confidence in me. If if we if I saw Herman in single coverage, and I saw what they call zero coverage or cover one now, it, it was a no brainer. We we had signals where we were like, okay, we're either throwing a fade or we're throwing a slant. Of course, we know this guy cannot. You, you could have your best defender on him, and it didn't matter. We just we knew we were going to audible out of a play. You you know once you're an older guy and. You know, you're you're one of the team captains, and, and you know, coach can he can fault you, but if 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 it doesn't go right, but for the most part, you know, it always went well with Herman. How about you, Jake? Did you ever? What, did you have that Herman Moore? I'm sure you have. We talked about that a few times, but was there yeah. times where you just said, "Screw it, I, I I see something, I feel something," and you just believe in that decision? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like you, Grant. You know, trust, trust, and honor the process. The coach called a play. I believe, you know, that's the play we should run. And, and you know, if it didn't work out, then I remember talking. I had Mark Tressman, one of the, one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the game. He was my OC my second year in Arizona, and we did a lot of work in the off season and worked a lot on like like Sean. You talked about three step, five step, seven step. You know, three big, two quick with a hitch. Three big, two quick. First hitch here, second hitch there. I mean, it was all all to get muscle memory and to have a quiet mind. But he said something to me that was, that's always resonated was like out of those hundred percent of the calls he makes 70% of them, you, you'll run them and they'll either be a complete or not, but there's 30% at least where, you know, a DN gets loose or a block is missed or everyone's covered and you break a tackle and you bounce out of the pocket. And that's, that's really when it was fun for me. I was at back on back at recess and my guys knew and kind of, you know, watching, Watching Mahomes play and, and, and Kyler Murray, not yet, but Mahomes for sure. When you're playing like that and you get that recess mentality, it doesn't matter if it's Herman Moore or who it is. They know like, all mm-hmm. right, this is my chance. Now, I wasn't number one in the progression, but if I come down right now, I'm number one in, in Jake's eyes. And so I, a lot of my career I spent, you know, improvising. And, uh, you know, it, was, it got hard once people understood that was part of my style. But then you just had to be real diligent and make sure you take care of the ball. And, you know, if I made a mistake, just I'd tell coach, I was just trying to make a play coach. So you can't be too mad at me, <laughs> but having guys that you can trust like a Herman Moore, I mean, you know, I didn't have quite that, that level at college. You know, Keith Poole was amazing. Me and him had a connection for four years. We played together. So we, we tore up a lot of people that didn't think, you know, me and him, these two little short white dudes could really do it, but we were tearing it up. 
that was just trusting each other, you know, and knowing each other and having that connection. But yeah, I, I feel you, you know, Grant and Sean, you know, what, what you guys speak of just having a, there's a trust there. And I, it's hard to explain when people ask me, I can't really just tell them what it's like. But when I would bust out right. of the pocket in Arizona, Frank Sanders would just be there. Like here I am. And in Denver, you know, I'd bust out and like need somebody. And there would be Rod Smith just right when I needed him. And I think it was because Rod played quarterback uh, growing up. So he understood my process yep. and my timing. Mm-hmm. And he knew when it was time to like be there for me. And that's just, that's just being, being around ballers. Nice. Right. You know, I'm going to bring something up too. I know, I know, uh, Jake, you're going to probably going to pull out a out of the pocket question here in a second. Uh, but Uh yeah. So one of the things that, um, you know, Sean, like one of the things that Jake and I have talked about in the past when we were playing quarterback, like one of the best feelings that we can get outside of throwing a touchdown and getting a first down and winning a championship is rolling out when you roll out, out of the pocket. And for me, it's like, I, I, the word that comes up for me is free. I feel so free. Uh, when mm-hmm. I when I'm rolling out in the pocket, so is there a word that comes up for you when you roll out? Because I've watched a lot of film on you, and you're dangerous when you are actually out of the pocket. I, I think you know. I love the words you guys have chosen. I think creative is is the word that comes up for me because yeah. it's an opportunity to create huge plays. And I use as as a quarterback coach, I would always tell kids, you know, when you get when you get outside the pocket. Don't look to automatically run the football. That's when some of the biggest plays are created is when you start finding guys, you know, in, in, in coverage, you know, just breaking coverage because coverage breaks down when you're outside that pocket. And uh, that, that's one of the biggest things. And, and that's something you can actually work on now, too. Um, you know, it's, it's funny when probably when Jake and I played, you didn't, we didn't have drills to actually work on that. It just, it just happened. You improvise and you create it. Right. But now there are so many drills for quarterbacks. You know, one of the things we do is we have them run around a cone and like, okay, it's time to get creative. We have the receivers just going across the field. So it's, it's, there's a wide range of things you can do now to, to be creative for the QB. I, I feel you on that. We did have a drill actually uh, when I got to the Cardinals. Um, Jeep Chris, who was a guest on our show already, uh, it was called the scramble drill. So if your route was such mm-hmm. that you were going away from me and I scrambled, you made sure to come back. And I said, like, come back. Right. If you're, like, a one inch from me, keep coming back. Because if you stop, that's when I think you're coming, but then a defender gets underneath it. But I love the word mm-hmm. you use, creativity, because you're an artist when you're outside of that pocket. And, uh, you know, anything goes. <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes I felt my best attribute was that I believed every play could work but then also sometimes that was my biggest downfall uh when you got to know when yeah. to throw it out of bounds but also you know, when to sling it because that kills a defense but it also pumps up your team and the fans and it just raises the level so i use the word right. recess when i think about out of the pocket you know it's, it's just time to run around and, and make it happen like i did in the grade school out in the you know out of, out of recess on the grass man in shoes and jeans mm-hmm. just slinging it around and that's when it that's what I think and relate it to. Um, and now that we're on that out-of-pocket out of topic here, i got to throw a couple out-of-pocket questions at you real quick here, Sean. <laughs> first first one's going to be this. Should, should Brady and Breeze retire? Like, what are you, what's your thoughts on these old men? I think Breeze can still do it. I'm glad he's coming back. Um, if I'm Brady, I, I know he – Brady doesn't like failure, so – this past season, he's considered it a failure because they didn't, they didn't even get to the Super Bowl. But 
I mean, he's going to be 42. I mean, gee whiz, you want, you want to be able to play with some kids, man. <laughs> so he's got he's, nice. his, his wife is the breadwinner. I mean, you know, he lives in California. He just sold the place on Boston. If I'm Brady, I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it down, and I'm going to sit in the studio at Fox or ESPN or CBS and call it a day. Uh, Breeze, I, yeah, nice. you know, he's still got something. He's still got something going there. Good point. I like it. And then I wanted – I said it earlier, but, like, this, this Bryce Pick, Perkins cat, he was at ASU. You know, his dad was a Sun Devil, and I was impressed just mm-hmm. with his athleticism. And, man, he showed everybody, like, okay, whoa, have we tapped his full potential yet? Do you like his chances at the next level in the NFL now as we've seen more of a uh, creative mind of these offensive coordinators saying, hey, look, if you're an athlete, you make guys miss, you got bursts, you got skills, we'll find a way to get you on the field. What do you think his chances are in the NFL? So, you know, it's funny. I got a chance to – I met Bryce on his official visit to University of Virginia. I was standing on the sideline, and he and his parents were standing right behind me, and someone made the introduction. And, you know, I obviously didn't know who he was at the time. I'd heard of his dad and his brother. Uh, and I thought to myself, all right, here's a young recruit, uh, opportunity to come to Virginia. I just sold him on the academics. And then this past two years, I've gotten a chance to really mentor him. You know, each week I talked to him before each game and afterwards. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think he's going he's gonna to have a chip on his shoulder. I saw he wasn't invited to the combine. And I tried to say, look, so what? I mean, there, there are tons of guys that didn't go to the combine that played in the league. But I think he's, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's, he's, gonna, he's got enough quarterback ability to, to play the position. And he's blamed, he brings so many intangibles to the, to the position. So I think if he gets in the right camp, I think he definitely can make, make a team and potentially have, have a career. Because, you know, like a Taysom Hill type, you know, look at Taysom Hill with the Saints. You know, he's not a drop back, every mm-hmm. down QB, but, but he, right. they, he can if you need him to. And he's running down on special teams. He's in the backfield, playing receiver. I, I love seeing the NFL break their, their conservative, like copycat rule, ways of just doing everything mm-hmm. so traditionally. And I think, I think he's got a shot to, to do some damage in the league. I mean, like a Kansas City Chiefs could pick a kid like him up now, all of a sudden, who knows what his position or what his game could evolve to when he's given that freedom to, to play recess ball, man. Like I keep calling it, like recess. This kid's a recess baller. We need him in the league. I'll watch him. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny you compared him to Taysom Hill. That, he, if, you, if you just think about the athlete that Hill is and think about uh, you and I who've watched Perkins play, he's a very talented athlete. He, if he, he's not, he may be more of an athlete than Hill with this, with this similar, oh, yeah. if not a better ability to throw the football, so it, it will be yeah. interesting if he gets in the right if he gets in the right system. It could be it could be very interesting. Great point. Right system is key. You know, uh, one more question here before we uh, we sign off here, Sean. And and again, it's it's all about mindset here. But when you reflect on your whole career, what was like a specific time? What was the what was your biggest mental win? as a quarterback and what was your biggest mental fail and how'd you overcome it? Uh, my biggest mental win, I think was the various transitions from high school to college, college to pro. Cause to be honest with you, you know, even though I had the, the coaching and the, you know, the, the preparation to, to excel at, at each one of those levels, I never 
dreamed of being a high school kid that could play at the collegiate level, particularly at the quarterback position. I just thought I was a decent high school quarterback. And in college, I never thought I would have an opportunity or a chance to play at the professional level. And, you know, lo and behold, had an opportunity, you know, even drafted late round and opportunity to still four years in was for me was, was, uh, was, was incredible. Um, but I think one, one of the things that I, I always think about that's really playing that position and going through the different adversities, adversities and the transitions really has helped, helped me in life as it relates to my career. You know, I always tell kids that don't, don't say you played five years and that's your career. Your career is what you do for 20 years. Football is an experience. Uh, playing, playing any sport is an experience. It's not a career. So, but that, experience that I had playing football has helped my career just in terms of the ups and downs and the struggles. That's, that's, that's one of the biggest uh, benefactors that football has played in my life. Well, I, I love it that you said that because I preach this all day long is that sports is what you do. It's not who you are. And, mm-hmm. and all three of us on this call, we all know that the things that we have received and taken from the game of football, like it's, I know Jake can talk about this and, Man, if it wasn't for football, I don't know where I would be. I mean, I'd be somewhere, but I just got incredible lessons, uh, not only as playing the game of football, but as a quarterback, all the leadership uh, skills, communication skills, poise, all that stuff. It just, it's helped me through life. Yeah, for sure. That is the truth, Grant. That is the truth. And you know what? When you do what you did, Sean, moving on from high school, college, and pro, and you too, Grant, and myself included, you got to remember that anything you set your mind to, man, you can do it. Because we did that, and that's like little kids all over the world dreaming about doing what we already did. So putting your mind to something and doing it is no problem now that we've done that. And it's a great learning experience uh, to have gone through that and now to approach life in that same kind of thing, just to go after it, believe in it, and go get it. Absolutely. 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 Sean, we want to thank you so much, man, for, for being on our show and, and sharing your thoughts and your, your mindset and your journey. Uh, not only Jake and I are stoked for this, I know that our listeners will be, and, and we really appreciate everything you've said on the show today. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, thank you, Sean. It was awesome, man. Look forward to uh, keeping in touch, man, and great good luck with everything you're doing out in Arizona. All right, man. Sounds good. Take care, guys.